0: Father, we are grateful and thankful this afternoon. We thank you for your great blessing. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you have made for us. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We ask, O Lord, that you lead us and guide us through this service. Minister to our hearts. Let your anointing come in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you give us hearts that are prepared to receive your word. Give us divine, heavenly understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus as you take your seats? Now, I am... Well, this... Before we do that, why don't we look at our scripture of the week? Our scripture of the week in Leviticus... 27 and verse 30. Leviticus 27 and verse 30. And we want to read this scripture. This is our scripture of the week for every single member of the church. We want you to meditate on this scripture. It's, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Amen. 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 We want to read this scripture together. One, two, three, go. Wonderful, powerful. So, it is very simple. The seed of the land and the fruit of the tree. The Bible says it is the Lord's. It is the Lord. The tithe of it belongs to the Lord. And we must not touch it because it is holy unto the Lord. Amen. This week marks the beginning of our season of feeding 5 to 7. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Feeding 5 to 7. Amen. 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 Now, in our church, we have what we call a feeding 5 to 7. And just for a moment, I just want to explain to you what that means. This is from the scripture in First Thessalonians. 5 and verse 27 where Paul Paul wrote a letter to the church in Thessalonica and at the end of this letter when he was concluding the letter he wrote this and he says I charge you by the Lord that this epistle or this letter be read unto all the holy brethren amen So the letter was written to the pastor, but he intended that the pastor comes to church and read the letter with the whole church. Is it a good thing? So the whole church will know what is in their pastor, their shepherd. Paul was Paul was the one that started these churches, and he kept writing to the churches. This is how come we have all these scriptures and we have all these books in the New Testament. And so he was writing to the church and he sent the letter to the pastor. And he says, I intend, I charge you, don't hold on to this letter. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Amen. Read it to the whole church. Amen. Amen. And so we have also adapted this scripture into our church. And God has also blessed the bishop, the founder, our pastor, our shepherd, our apostle. God has blessed our prophet to also write so many books. Amen. 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 He has written so many books and these books are blessing so many people. And he also is charging us that these books that I have written... Every season, every once in a while, we set a season aside and we take one of the books and then we come and we read it together as a church. Because God anointed him to write these books. And it is a message that he wants to give to us. There are so many ways that a person can preach to you. The person can preach to you standing before you. The person can preach to you writing letters or books to you, the person can preach to you by recording the preaching and then you listening to it or you watching it as a video. Now, this is one of the forms that our pastor wants to preach to us. And so we may, we're making the books available to everyone. Everyone must have a copy of the book. And so we sent. Uh, a message to you. I think there are some of you who have the books already. This is the second time we're using this book for feeding 527. And so many of you have the books and those of you who also have the Makarios, which is the library of books that the prophet has written, you must have this book. And so we are going to read a book together. Is it a good thing? Only in a united denomination. know, So you have the message. I have the message. And we are reading together. Simple. And then we'll be done. So we are beginning this message. So the book is Why Non-Tithing Christians Are you listening? I want all of your attention. Why Non-Tithing Christians become poor and how tithing Christians can become rich. Amen. 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 Now, if you have been in this church for a while, you'll realize that we are not a church that talks a lot about money. Do you understand? We don't talk about money. But what we do talk about is what your obligations to God should be concerning money. Amen. Amen. And the lack of that brings poverty. And we don't want a church full of poor people. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And for that reason, we share messages like this. And this is, in my opinion, this is one of the anointed books. As far as money in serving God is concerned. It's a very anointed book. Very powerful. Hallelujah. And so I am inviting all of you to put your heart and have an open heart and let us read together and I believe God is going to bless us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So for today, we are going to start from chapter 14. Now the beauty of the prophet's books is that you can take any chapter and begin to share and it's a message. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So chapter 14, if you have your book, just take it with you, open chapter 14, and we are reading. And if you don't have it, by the grace of God, I believe um, our Vision Shepherd is here. Vision Bookstore Shepherd is back, and she's putting things together, and you're going to have a copy in no time. Amen. Amen. The copy of this book is very cheap, so you can see her right after service, and she'll give you a copy. So the chapter 14, the title here is how tithes, how people who tithe, tithes are people who pay tithe, how they fulfill the laws of wealth creation, how they fulfill the laws of wealth creation. An introduction, it says wealth creation is not as straightforward as it may seem. Creating wealth or making wealth is not as straightforward as it may seem to you. You see, there are many studies that look into how rich countries become rich and why poor countries stay poor. Would you like to know such studies? Would you like to know why certain countries remain rich and certain countries continue to remain poor? He said, the poverty of the peoples of the world and its cause have been studied and analyzed by many different people. Humans have, been, humans have tried many times to pinpoint the cause of the inequalities in this world. Many people have tried to find reasons why there are so many inequalities. And I have wondered also, I believe you have also wondered, why there are so many inequalities in this world? Now, all these different studies they have revealed certain patterns in the lives of wealthy people. The various studies that people have done, they have revealed a pattern in the world, in the wealth, or in the world of wealthy people. Certain pattern runs through wealthy people. Now the studies that analyze huge. Numbers, for instance, analyze huge numbers of people and their lifestyle and their pattern. These are valuable information to anyone who is seeking for the truth. And that is how all kinds of decisions are made. Even decisions as to how to care for you medically, you know, it is based on many studies, research, and then they study different people who have the same symptoms like yours, who complain of the same things, who are having the same type of pain or pattern, and then they put them in a category, and then they give them some type of medication, and they, they, they will take another set, and they will not give them the medication, but they also have the same symptoms, and they realize that this medication is able to take care of people who have this kind of symptoms. And so they group the symptoms and they call the symptom a disease. Do you understand? That when we see that your eyes are yellow, when we see that you are having some pain in your right upper abdomen, when we see that, you know, your urine has changed color, your skin has some red spots and this and that, and we think that, oh, people from all the studies that have been done, people who exhibit this kind of symptoms have liver disease. And that, those kind of people could possibly have A, B, C, or D as a course, and then they will treat it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And that is how studies are done. So anyone who is interested in becoming a person who takes care of sick people, you must believe in these studies and take the data or the information that they have come up with and then use it. And then you'll get results. So, what I'm saying is that many studies have gone on about why certain people or certain people in certain places are rich and others are poor. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And it is worth looking into these studies. He says it is interesting that the legendary wealth of Jews has been noted all over the world for centuries, that Jews are noted to be rich. They are noted to be wealthy. It doesn't matter where they happen to be. They can happen to be in a land where they seem to be nothing. And as strangers, as foreigners. And then they become the richest people in that area. Aren't you interested in knowing why? Daniel, would you not like to know why? Why are these people so rich wherever they are? I would like to know. I was in Israel recently and you look at the land, there is nothing in the land. Meanwhile, they are one of the most powerful people worldwide. They're very rich. They own most of the wealthy places in the world. The richest buildings, the richest hotels, the richest cities, they are dominated by these people. TV channels, All kinds of things. Even where you live, you'll be surprised. The apartment where you live is owned by one of them. That you pay money to them and you don't even see them. I will be interested in knowing why. So it says wealth is mysterious. Say wealth is mysterious. mysterious. And generating wealth is even more mysterious. Making wealth for yourself is even mysterious. It's a mystery. That means it's unexplainable. You can't understand it. What you may think makes somebody wealthy is often not what has made the person wealthy. Sometimes we think that it is hard work. Someone, we attribute all kinds of things to a person and we think this is what has made a person wealthy. Now, one of the mystical contributions, are you listening? One of the mystical contributions to wealth creation is actually the giving away of wealth. That is what is mysterious about wealth. What is mysterious about wealth is that giving away wealth seems to make people wealthy. Amen. Amen. Giving away wealth seems to make people wealthy. Now, that is mysterious. That when you want to have wealth, the way to have it is to give wealth. Amen. It says giving away money should actually reduce your wealth. Isn't that so? But it seems to be the other way around that when you give, It's it's getting back to you. That is what makes it mysterious. That is what makes it appear that wealth is not a human thing. Wealth is not regulated by humans. Because as far as we are concerned and as far as our understanding is concerned, if I give, I am losing. That is our wisdom. And no matter what school you go to, that is how it is. That if you are giving, you are losing. So if we are giving and giving away is going to make us wealthy, then the one that regulates wealth is not us. And that is why it is mysterious. Because the ways of God, they are not our ways. The way God does things, it is not how we do things. And that is what makes wealth mysterious. Hallelujah. Wealth is from God. The Bible says wealth comes from God. In Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18, it says we must remember, remember that the Lord your God, it is he who giveth thee power to get wealth. You must remember that. It is something that you cannot forget. It is something that you cannot overlook, that the Lord your God, it is he. You say, thou shalt, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he. Say, it is he. It is say, he. it is he. It is say, he. It, must he. it must be he. It is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto the fathers as it is this day. Hallelujah. So in this chapter, we are going to share why wealth is created by people who tithe or by people who give away money. We are going to explain or explore the scriptural aspects behind these things. So number one, number one, the first thing that we are going to look at is this tithing Christians... Fulfill the law of humility. Tithing Christians fulfill the law of humility which creates wealth. The law of humility which creates wealth. Hallelujah. Psalm Psalm 75, verse 6 to 7, it says, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but God is the judge he put it down one and set it up another Amen. god has ability to put down one person and he is able to set up another person he says promotion does not come from the west. Promotion does not come from the east. So if your job is in the west, that is not where your promotion is coming from. If your job is in the east, that is not where your job is coming, from. Your, your wealth is coming from, or your promotion is coming from. If your job is in the south, your promotion is not coming from there. The place where it's left is up there. So promotion it only comes from God. Can I have an amen? Amen. And it is a fool, only a fool, that says there is no God. And we must first establish that. We must first establish that it is the fool who says in his heart that there is no God. You must be a fool to conclude that there is no God. Amen. Amen. That would be another subject but wealth comes from God hallelujah i say wealth comes from God the bible says in psalm 127 verse 1 it says except the lord build the house they labor in vain that build it unless god builds a house for you you will labor in vain that means you will labor for nothing now when a person tithe, when a person pays tight these three things happen Number one, so when a person tithes, these are the things that are happening. Number one, it, when you pay tight, you demonstrate your recognition of the God factor in your very existence. Whenever you pay tight, you are demonstrating that you recognize there is a God factor in your very existence you recognize that that you are being alive today is because of God. You are recognizing that you are able to go you are being able to go to work is because of God. So when you pay tithe, you are recognizing the God factor in your life. The God factor in you having one more day in your life. Amen. Now that is humility. Number 2, you demonstrate You demonstrate your respect for God's input in your life. Whenever you pay tithe, you are demonstrating your respect for God's input in your life. And number three, you are declaring your gratitude to God for helping you. Hallelujah. Now, any person who tithes fulfills the law of humility. When you tithe, You fulfill the law of humility. Hallelujah. Now, you want to fulfill the law of humility. You want to fulfill the law of humility. In the book of James, chapter 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall exalt you, or he shall lift you up. When you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, He lifts you up. He exalts you. Anyone who is paying tight is showing humility before God. You are acknowledging God's presence in your life. And you are making way. You are fulfilling the law of humility. Now, the law of humility is this, that whenever you humble yourself in the sight of God, you are causing yourself to be exalted or to be lifted up by God. Amen. Amen. Are preaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That when you humble yourself, when you put yourself down by bringing a tithe to the Lord, which doesn't make sense to human wisdom, if you want to keep money, If you want to make wealth, then you will keep it. But when you are fulfilling this law, when you are bringing tithe to the law, you are telling the law that you believe in his principle or his doctrine of how to make wealth. And it's a sign of humility. And you cause God to exalt you. The verse 6 in that same chapter, it says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith. God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Hallelujah. So whenever you pay tithe, you are putting yourself in a place where you are floating with God. You are floating with God. God, you are you, you 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 are not standing opposed to the movement of God. He says, He giveth grace. He says he resists the proud. So, refusing to give what belongs to God is a sign of pride. To say that there is no God, this church thing makes no sense, and I'm not paying, is a sign of pride. And you put yourself directly in opposition to God. It is like when, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be an enemy or fighting against God. Do you understand? Do you understand? It's like Daniel, you see, Daniel is like a giant. It's like Daniel standing behind a door, you see, and he puts his leg behind the door, and little boy, like one of these little JB, wants to open the door. You see, and the boy is very angry and fighting and wants to open the door. And then Daniel just puts his hand like this. Do you understand? And that is how we stand behind. That is how we stand to fight God. We are fighting. We are working hard. And we say, we won't give to you because we don't believe in this. And God is just opposing you because it's a sign of pride. And he says, he resisted. He resists anyone who is proud. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. He resists anyone who is proud. Amen. So, not paying tithe is a sign of pride. It's a sign of neglecting God in your life. It's a sign that you don't believe that God plays any role in your existence. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 12, Jesus said, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. You lift yourself up, you will be put down, you will be abased, you will be put in abasement. Amen. amen. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Can I have an amen? Amen. So humility has been shown to be an important factor in wealth creation. Because you put yourself in the same tide or wave. As God is moving, and then you get grace. That is how come some people seem to search forward quickly. That is how come these Jews, when they appear in a place, quickly they seem to search forward. They don't come with anything, but quickly they seem to search forward because they are people who believe in tithing. They believe in tithing. Amen. Now, you see, God's spiritual principles, they are principles. If you obey them, you receive the blessing. It doesn't mean you are saved. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, this is a problem that a lot of Christians have. This is a problem a lot of Christians have, and they don't seem to understand that someone may not be a Christian, someone you see, God is a just God, and when He lays rules and you obey them, you reap the reward. you reap the fruits. Hallelujah. So he's a just God. So if you are you don't believe in him, you are not born again, but you are a giver. You give. It is God's principle that anyone that giveth, according to God, you receive. And so you don't understand why someone doesn't go to church but is so rich and you are poor. Because the person is a giver, and you open your eyes and notice people who give they are rich. They are rich. They have. They never lack. I'm telling you. It is a spiritual principle. God is true to his word. He's true to his word. He says arrogant wealthy empires. Have crumbled through pride. Political parties have lost their power. Through pride and complacency. Successful companies have been wiped out when the management lost their original humble attitude. And that is, you see, humility is a base for wealth making. Big companies, when they are beginning, they are very small. They are very small. They have people standing outside. People come to your house to get you to buy from them. People come to your house. When IBM was starting, you know, they will come to your house and sell you a computer, beg you, and then refer someone, and they will give you something. They will beg you for your child's school. They will do all these things to get you to buy from them. But when they become a giant company, they become so proud. You call them, they don't want to answer. Now you have to call them. They won't come to you. You see, so they lose their humility. And such companies, they crumple. They crumple. they get replaced. Because spiritual principles, they are spiritual principles. Whether you are a giant IBM or you are, what is the store that was on Fordham Road that (laughs) closed? Nobody beats the ways. You see, you are too young. No one knows. Amen. There was a store called Nobody Beats the Ways. Big store. Sister, Amen. So paying tight helps you remember what you did not make, what, that you did not make it on your own. When you pay tight, it helps you to acknowledge that I did not make this on my own. I believe God helped me in this. Paying tight causes you to bow your knees to your creator each time you receive money. That is what it does. It causes you to acknowledge God each time you receive money. Paying tithe causes you to humble yourself before a priest whom you may have otherwise despised. You bring your tithe to a priest. Amen. So humility, it comes from paying tithe. And when you have humility, you cause God to exalt you. Hallelujah. I say you cause God to exalt you. He says, many arrogant, rich people have no time for church, no time for priests, no time for pastors, no time for God. They are very arrogant, very arrogant, rich people, and they have no time for God. Hallelujah. Such people don't last long. Amen. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 28. If you have the New Living Translation, let's read this passage quickly and we will see where the Lord will lead us. Daniel chapter 4. And verse 28, look at that. It says, but all these things did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. It says, 12 months later, he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. You know, I mean, sometimes you see rich people when they are walking in their palace. You know, they walk like they are not human beings. You know, they take certain stripes. I mean, they do that on purpose. Have you not seen some rich people walking before? They take steps like, this is my land. You know? It says he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he said, look at this great city of Babylon by my own mighty power. Are you reading with me? Yeah. You see? You, you, <laughs> you may not say exact words like Nebuchadnezzar, but you are refusing to acknowledge God. You are saying in your heart that there is no God. You know, remember the scripture we read? It says, it's only the fool that says in his heart. You may not open your mouth to say there is no God. But look at Nebuchadnezzar. For him, he was, I mean, he was walking. He didn't... We don't say that he was working with his entourage or with his company, but God read what was in his heart. Are you listening to me? God read what what was in his heart. And he says, he he said, look at this great city of Babylon. I believe he was walking around like this. And right away, God knew what he was saying. You are saying this tight thing. Oh, please. uh, These pastors and uh, money, money, money. You see? He says, look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. Wow while these words listen are you reading with me church while these words were still in his mouth a voice called down from heaven oh king nebuchadnezzar this message is for you you are no longer ruler of this kingdom you know, when you display pride, when you display self-sufficiency, when you display self-deficiency, self-provision and self-defense, and when you, when you display that before God, he cuts you down quickly. You see, many people are walking around, they are cut down. I'm telling you, because you refuse to acknowledge God in your life. Amen. I tell you, many people are cut down and you are walking there, cut down. You are cut down, but you will not know. And one day you just go and they say, metastatic breast cancer, stage four. You know, you don't know that you were cast down, you see, because the enemy was throwing breast cancer and God says, she acknowledges me, not this one. I cover this guy says, I will build a hedge around you that the enemy will look. He says, Satan, look, Satan saw Job and he says, have you not built a hedge around him? I have tried your servant Job. I have tried to inflict him because we saw what the enemy did to Job when God allowed the hedge to be removed. So those were the things that the enemy wanted to do to Job. So, you see, you are there and then every time, you know, you you are taking a shower and freely and you are doing things. You have a child and you are breastfeeding and you're squeezing and doing all kinds of things. Your husband, your this and that, everyone enjoying. You have no idea that God is protecting this little organ that you have. Because of your acknowledgement of God in your life. You have no idea. And the moment, you see, it says, as the words were in his mouth, God cut him down. He says, you are no longer, but he was walking around still thinking he was a king. That is what I'm trying to tell you. It says, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. None of you will receive such a message from God. I said, none of you receive such a message from God. He says, you are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals. You see, when you exalt yourself, you will be abased. He will bring you down. God will bring you down. He says, and you will eat grass like a cow. Wow. A majestic king walking in your splendor. God says, you will eat like a cow. You will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to everyone or anyone that He chooses. It's the Most High. Amen. Amen. He will choose whom he will show mercy. He chooses. He will choose. So as we are here, you know, that is why you have to always learn to respect people, welcome people. Because as we are here, you never know whom the Lord will choose to become a millionaire. And I see a millionaire coming out from this church. I say, I see a millionaire coming from this service. I say, from today's service. And it doesn't matter if you are a member of this church or you are not a member of this church, you came to visit or not, I see a millionaire out of this being chosen because God is ministering to you right now. God is ministering to you. Yes. It is the one who acknowledges him. He says he will, he will set up one and he will put down another. And this is why one of the things that makes it happen. He says... That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled. And Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow, and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers. And his nails were like bird's claws. Amen. That's a man, and he has long nails. But not polished, no manicure. (laughs) Amen. After this time, after this time had passed, now look, after this time had passed, I in the book of looked up to heaven. He acknowledged God. We don't want God to bring us down before we acknowledge Him. We don't want to be abased before we acknowledge God. We can prevent that from happening by acknowledging God in our lives. He says, I looked up to heaven. My sanity returned. And I praised and worshipped the Most High and honored the one who lives forever. His rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal. Wow. Wow. Put your hands together for Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) He repented. Then he says, all the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. Including him himself. Me Nebuchadnezzar. He said, all the people, he's speaking the truth. And everyone will speak the truth. Everyone will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says, all the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does as he pleases among the angels of heaven and among the people of the earth. No one can stop him or say to him, what do you mean by doing these things? What do you mean by this tithe? What do you mean by bringing me in the time of, of my earnings? Nobody can question him. No one can question him. When my sanity returned to me, So did my honor and glory and kingdom, my advisors and the nobles. Now they sought me out again. And I was restored as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. When you acknowledge God, when you acknowledge God. When you acknowledge God, he will never leave you where you were before. The Bible says he will exalt, he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Amen. Amen. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. I have learned my lesson. I now praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. All his acts are just and true and he is Able to humble the proud. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Wow. Wow. Say, wow. Amen. So we must not bring ourselves to a state where god will put us down before we acknowledge him we must not bring ourselves to a state where we will lose our job before we acknowledge god while we have while we have let us not be proud and we see it all the time time. we see it all the time that when god blesses us when god blesses us with a good job church doesn't matter to us anymore You see, we don't speak like Nebuchadnezzar, but our attitude says in our heart, there's no God. Because you see, if we really truly believe that there is God, we will never let church come before him. Amen. Do we have time for one more or so? You see, you are saying yes. Yes. We have dedication. Amen. Amen. You know, I can preach all day. You know that, right? Are you enjoying the book? Or you are not enjoying the book? Okay, let me give you this one and then um, we will come back to this second one. Okay, let's go to the third one and then we will... Tithing Christians fulfill the law of prioritization which creates wealth. Tithing Christians, they fulfill the law of prioritization prioritization which also in turn creates wealth. When you fulfill a law of prioritization, what is a law of prioritization? A law of prioritization is the law that says if you put first things first, then you benefit. The proton. If you put first things first, if you make first things first in your life, that is when you benefit. So Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 The Bible says, but seek ye first, say seek ye first, it says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things, all the things that you are looking for, God is saying, if you seek his kingdom first, this is the law of prioritization. This is God's principle that if you put him first, if your search, your pursuit after things is God first, then everything else that you are looking for, it will be added unto you. I don't know what you are looking for, but God says, you look for me first. Seek my kingdom first. Let my kingdom be your priority. Amen. 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 He says, there is no prosperous person who does not fulfill the law of prioritization. No prosperous person. Anyone who has prospered must fulfill the law of prioritization. Anyone who has done well in life, you must fulfill the law of prioritization. He says, when you are young, you need to prioritize your education and put first things first. Young people ought to prioritize their education. If you are a young person, your education must be your priority. Amen. Without without prioritizing education, your youthful years will pass away and you will be bereft of much needed education. Young people, can I have an amen? Amen. It says, if you do not prioritize your education, if you do not make your education a priority now in your youth, at this stage in your lives, you will come to a stage in life where you will have a lack, or you are bereft, or you are deprived of this much needed education. You need education. Now, if you don't know the importance of education being a priority in your life, then look at the people who are old. (laughs) Ask them. You see, that is the only way you will know. Because you have never been old. You have never gotten there. You have never come to the state where you lack education or you are deprived of education. So you don't know its consequences. You don't know its effect. But if you want to really know what is being bereft of education, then talk to older people. Amen. Amen. He says, you will therefore inflict, I want you to listen to this very carefully. Are you here with me, young people? And parents, I want you to also listen to this and preach to your children. When they are playing with your education, This sentence touched me very much. It says, are you listening? The young people are not listening. Are Are you listening? Should I stop preaching? Are you tired of listening? It says, you will therefore, you will therefore inflict upon yourself a severe debilitating poverty that lasts a lifetime. You want me to explain it to you? So what it means is that if you don't prioritize your education today, if you don't make your education a priority in your life today, if you don't put it the first thing in your life today, you are inflicting upon yourself a lifetime. There is no return. A lifetime of poverty. A lifetime of debilitating life. A lifetime of lack. A lifetime of always wanting and never ever able to provide. A lifetime, no reversal. You cannot reverse it if you don't prioritize your education today. If your education is not a priority today, there will come a stage where you cannot have it. Amen there will come a stage where you cannot get it. You will come a stage where you understand the need. You will go to an interview and they will ask you, where is your degree? And you say, I don't have it. I don't think the young people understand what I'm saying. So maybe I should end my message now. And perhaps live through and learn from experience. You'll be deprived of a much-needed education. Amen. Amen. Failing to prioritize education in your youth or in your youthful life can lead to poverty. Poverty. And I have been around for a little while and I have noticed that. That failing to have education as a priority this time will lead to your poverty. Perpetual poverty, except the Lord by his grace, give you some inheritance. And even with the lack of education, with the inheritance, you will still become poor. Don't you know that for the lack of education, people by their strength and they have played games and they have given them millions and they have lost all for lack of education, that someone with education manages what they have for them. And they don't know how to do it. And for that, they lose everything that they have. For lack of education. You want to be a basketball player without education. Uh, uh, (laughs) Amen. Amen. So today, your priority must not be good looks. Good looks must not be your priority. Doing your nails must not be your priority. Holding nice back must not be your priority. Having a nice hair and doing a haircut must not be your priority. Amen. Wearing designer clothes must not be your priority. Amen. The lack of prioritization is a result of lack of wealth. Lack of wealth. So having a relationship, having a boyfriend, or having a girlfriend must not occupy your mind. That all your mind, I cannot study because the boy says he doesn't like me anymore. And so this has become the main thing you wake up with and sleep with. Am I preaching to the young people in the church? Amen. Social media must not be your priority. that your priority, the first thing you pick up, the first thing you pick up, is your social media information and responding to messages. That must not make your priority. If that is your priority today, you are setting yourself up by inflicting yourself with a perpetual lifetime poverty. Amen. So you see, you see that is why I'm saying ask the older ones that is how you come to get the answers that is why you don't understand when they are aggressive on you and they say study and they want to beat you and they, 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 say, they pull you and they say sit down study and then you say it's my life you have no idea what you are talking about you say it's my life you are inflicting yourself with a lifetime poverty and they are afraid for you they are afraid for you they are afraid for you You lock yourself in a room watching all kinds of things, looking at all kinds of... Let me tell you, let me tell you, young people, listen. The world today is designed to bring you down. The God of this world has risen up. And you see, he has left some of these old people because they have caught the spirit They are in Christ. They know all kinds of things about God already. And so it has left them. And so you see, but it is up to you. You know, I was sharing with my wife. You know, listen, the world we live in is a very dangerous world. Very dangerous world. I was, I have an app on my phone that is just a clock. So when I'm praying, I set it up. You know, when I'm at work, I just set it up and it's just a clock. Do you understand? And it is just showing me the time. Just clock. And it looks like this. Do you understand? Just like this. The clock. Don't, it's not a nice clock. So it can stay on and there's no screen break or what they call it. Screensaver. How can you people not know this thing? <laughs> you don't know technology terms. Oh man. It doesn't have a screensaver, so my do you see my clock? As I'm just looking at my clock, I'm just praying. I tend to look at my clock and it has changed. I say, hey! As I, Come on, what is this? you cannot believe what just popped on my phone and I said my god these children you see the enemy knows that I will turn my phone I wanted to crack my phone I said the enemy has entered my phone I wanted to break it, shut it turn it, but you will be curious Ah, oh you see and this is what is happening to you now and then he changes your priority. And so none of you should lock yourselves in your rooms anymore. Don't be in your rooms. Close doors. Let your parents see what comes on your screen. Let your parents know what is happening. They are your defense. They are your defense. I don't know. The church has 10 for the young people. I don't know. But uh, I think... Uh, The Lord is being good to the young people. Hallelujah. So social media must not be your priority. It must not come before your homework. You should never turn to social media when education is still waiting. Amen. Sports is not your priority. Sports must not be your priority. Playing basketball must not be your priority. Amen. Ballet dancing must not be your priority. Hallelujah. Skating must not be your priority. Amen. So we are planning, even in our church, we are going to set up a study Saturday. Saturday for studies. That the children will gather. They will come to a place, perhaps here. And everyone is coming, and the reason why you are coming, we are not coming to play basketball. We are not coming to, we are coming to study. You are coming to learn Saturday. And it's going to happen. We are going to set it up. <laughs> Amen. And please, parents, bring your children. Amen. Amen. That they will come here and sit, every child from what grade? Eight, nine, eight to... The SAT preparation. You are coming to prepare for SAT. You are coming to learn to prioritize your education. That none of you will be left out. The enemy cannot get you. Amen. You see, because if I announce that we are going to have basketball, Saturday basketball, all the guys will be here. Oh. They'll be worrying their parents. Can you, mommy? Can you take me? Can you take me? We are having this, and you all come. Or if I say some of the young, the young women are going to show you how to wear your bag, hold your bag, how to do makeups, and how to do your hair. All the young girls will be here. But we are going to have a study Saturday. That whether you like it or not, you see, we have to force to bring you to prioritize your education. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Are you enjoying the book? I'm enjoying the book. It says, failing to prioritize in any sphere of life always leads to failure. Failing. Are you listening? Failing to prioritize in every sphere, any sphere of your life leads to failure. If you filled your stomach with sweet first, where there are unable to eat proper food, you are failing. Do you understand? So if you don't prioritize, even they invite you to dinner, and they say, come and eat, and then you see the desserts and you can't control yourself, and you make priority because the main food must come before the dessert. There's a reason why the dessert is last, so that when you are full, you take just a little bit of the sweets, but when you prioritize, you reverse the priority, and now you are filling your stomach with a dessert first. You realize that you can't eat the good food, and that leads to diabetes. It leads to high blood pressure. It leads to um, heart attack. It leads to all kinds of diseases. Failure to prioritize anything in your life. I tell you, this is a very anointed book, I'm telling you. Powerful. So once again, it is all about priorities. Companies that fail to remember their priorities always end up in disaster. You start a small company and quickly you have made yourself a managing director. Every small company, there's a managing director, there's assistant managing director, and your wife is um, the chief executive officer, and your, your, your nephew is the CEO, all kinds of things. It will not last but humble yourself and build first. Hallelujah. You, you start a small business, you want an office space. It's not priority. Amen. And churches, churches can likewise forget the reason why they exist. And then the churches will start to emphasize secular things like success and wealth. But the priority of the church is Christ Jesus and the salvation of this world. Hallelujah. So any other way, any other way around it will extinguish the church. All the churches which have reversed this priority and instead of making salvation their priority and have reversed it and have put other things first, they have been extinguished. Because then you cease to have relevance to God. Amen. So any sphere of life, any area in our life that we do not prioritize, our, they say the ability to get your priorities right is important and will always lead to wealth. Hallelujah. So every area of your life where you do not prioritize, it is heading towards disaster. If you don't prioritize when to have sex, and then you are putting sex before other things sex before marriage you know many people we we, on our church we prioritize we want you to have counseling marriage counseling six months marriage counseling but you cannot wait for six months of marriage counseling you say I know you you know me we don't need any counseling let's do our thing it never works you reverse the priority is always a disaster It's always a disaster. You set yourself up for a failure. You set yourself up for disappointment. You set yourself up for lack of trust in the relationship. Let me tell you, if you are a young woman and you are in this church and you are interested in a real serious husband, a serious Christian husband, that person is choosing you because the person thinks you are a Christian. Do you understand? And the person thinks he can trust you. The person thinks he can leave you to go to Dubai on a, your work, something. And he will not worry. But the moment you are still beloved. Beloved means you are fiancé. and The moment you are in that stage and you are not married and you sleep together, the person loses trust in you. You break everlasting trust. You break trust. The person knows that you are sitting in the church but you are a fake Christian. Oh yes. The person knows that you are not a real Christian. The person knows that you are a liar. You can lie. And then the pastor asks you, did you do this? You say, no. The person knows that you are a liar. You lie to the pastor too. You can lie before the pastor. Then who am I? You will lie to me any time. Are you with me? So you go and he says, what did, you, what did you tell the pastor? Oh, I told him that we didn't do anything. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good, that's good. But he knows that if we're able to lie to the pastor, ask for me, forget me. Our time is up. I, I, if I begin to go on, we will not finish. So we want to pause here. And then we will continue next time that we meet put your hands we are thankful in the name of jesus father we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your wonders we thank you lord for your word this afternoon we thank you lord for your spirit that has led us to learn of your truth to learn of your doctrines lord help us to acknowledge you in our lives Give us the spirit of humility, the spirit of humility as regards to our money. Lord, help us in the name of Jesus. May we never rise up and speak in our hearts like in Nebuchadnezzar. May we never disregard you in our lives in the name of Jesus. We are grateful, Lord. We are thankful, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your word this afternoon. We thank you for the grace that we have found in your sight we thank you lord for our very existence Amen. we thank you lord that we are alive today Jesus. we acknowledge you in our lives Amen. father you say what do we have that we did not receive and if we did receive it why do we boast as if we did not receive it Amen. lord we shall not boast of what we have Amen. for every good gift and every perfect gift it cometh from you O oh lord The father of light in whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning Lord there is nothing that we have that we did not receive from you we glorify your name we love you Jesus we thank you for the gift of salvation we thank you that you have found us wealthy to keep us today here on earth we are grateful we thank you let our life glorify your name. Yes, Let our life glorify you Amen. as king. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now with all eyes closed and every head bow. If you are here this afternoon, you have not given your life to Jesus. You are not born again. I want to say a short prayer with you. I want to pray with you. So if you are here like that, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your savior. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to make this God a priority in my life. I want to serve this God. I want to acknowledge God in my life. I want to receive the blessings of God. I want to receive salvation. If that is you, you are here and that is your prayer. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Perhaps somebody invited you, but you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. If I die today, I'm not sure where I'm going, but I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Father, we are grateful and thankful for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Why don't you? We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brian Krumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.